It's the Inspiring Voice Podcast from iVoice Communication, and I'm Donna Rustigian Mack. With all the noise in the world, are you able to hear your own inspiring voice? And are you able to use your voice to create healthy human connections so you can thrive in business and in life? This is what we do at iVoice Communication as we create a world where everyone has the confidence and ability to speak and communicate. On the podcast today, we get to hear from from someone who's really attuned to helping humans connect and stay emotionally healthy. It really was a pleasure to get to know Deborah Grayson Regal. Deborah is an instructor of leadership communication at Wharton Business School. She does similar work for women in leadership at Columbia Business School. She's authored several books, and in my opinion, what makes her so special is her genuine authenticity and her courage and determination to speak candidly about mental illness and emotional well-being, topics we never before would speak about in business, but we do now. Deborah's latest book is called Go To Help, as she helps people ask for, receive, and provide help to those around them. 31 thought-provoking strategies. Deborah Grayson Regal on the Inspiring Voice Podcast, coming up next. I think one of the most important ways in which we can help other people is by not making people look for upsides before they're ready. That's Mm -hmm. probably one of my favorite helping strategies is um, not forcing somebody to see a positive perspective before they're ready. And I think we've all got to practice that. Now I'm going to let that one soak in because Mm. that means a lot to me as well. Mm. I see it all the time. Oh, look at the bright side of life, right? But, you know, we all know it's okay not to be okay. It is okay not to be okay. And it uh, it is an act of love, compassion, uh, trust, and respect to let somebody experience negative emotions without you trying to clean them up because you are uncomfortable that they are uncomfortable. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's, That's a beautiful thing. It's reminding me of the mindfulness teacher, world-renowned mm-hmm. Thich Nhat Hanh, who originated mm. in Vietnam. And he said something like, when you really love someone and you know that they're spiraling, you know that they're really struggling with something, the best thing you can say, and I, I'm paraphrasing, is something like, darling, I am here for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just here I, for you. I'm here for you. I believe you. Mm. Right. I think I believe you is is really powerful. Uh, I'm here for you. I believe you. I'm I'm ready if and when you are all of those things that are about being with them in the present rather than trying to push them towards a future they may not be ready to see or hold yet. 
So thank you for, for sharing those words with me. I completely agree. I wish I had come up with them myself, but I'll take them. <laughs> you can borrow them. I'm sure he, he'll be very them. happy. So mental health, emotional well-being, and leadership yeah. communication, it all kind of works hand in hand, doesn't it, Deb? It, it sure does. And, mm -hmm. and again, that's one of the upsides of the last couple of years is that talking about mental health and mental well-being went from something that many leaders thought, what does this have to do with work, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's an at-home problem. That's a your outside life problem to something that became uh, the top of every organization's list to talk about. And what, what's interesting from the perspective of, of an author and a speaker and a coach on this topic is my daughter, Sophie, and I, so my daughter, Sophie, is the co-author of Go to Help With Me. She's a junior at Duke University. And she's and, awesome. Mm -hmm. And she's awesome. Mm -hmm. And about five months before the pandemic, we co-wrote our first book together called Overcoming Overthinking, 36 Ways to Tame Anxiety for Work, School, and Life. And little did we know that it was a message meeting its moment. Not that I would ever wish a global pandemic for marketing purposes. However, um, it became a very important, timely, pressing topic to talk about helping people navigate anxiety. And this new book that we co-wrote together, Go to Help, is really... <clears throat> A, a part of the, the old book, which of course still exists, forgive me, my publisher, the evergreen book, Overcoming Overthinking, uh, that one of the things that was so fascinating to our readers and to our workshop participants was the idea of there is more than one way to offer help and there is more than one kind of help you could be asking for. And so if we can become what we call in our book, help fluent, speaking a very wide range of helping strategies, we can offer much more help to people based rather than our typical go to help strategy, which is let me just do it for you or let me tell you what to do. Uh, There's so many more ways to help. Mm -hmm. And there are so many more ways to be helped if you know what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. So if I were to say to you, you know, I could really use a little help your mind would be scrambling to figure out what that means and probably left to your own devices, you would go to the one thing that you have been most rewarded for, uh, which could be, you know, giving people resources or telling them what to do or sharing your own experience, regardless of whether or not that's what I need. And so that's what mm -hmm. we're trying to help uh, professionals, parents and partners get better at. Mm -hmm. And being coaches, both of us and leadership communication people, we realize that the best way for people to really make lasting change is to find their own answers. Yes. You know, we might have this huge toolkit that's, you know, years and years of education and experience, but when they're able to find their own answers, that's when they can really make them their own and become Absolutely. what I call sovereign right? Rulers of their own destiny and leaders of their own lives. For sure. And, and in the book, we, we actually talk about some of the costs that come with you being too directive, to, you know, telling people what to do, how to do it, showing them your way, that you may get compliance. You are not likely to get an awful lot of commitment because it's your idea, not their idea. Um, and you'll probably get complacency as well. Right. So if you're looking for compliance and complacency, go ahead, be really prescriptive. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're looking for somebody to come up with a plan that they want to commit to themselves, Autonomous, then maybe, help, right. yep, mm -hmm. maybe take, take a step back. 
the Inspiring Voice Podcast, featuring fellow leadership communication coach Deborah Grayson Regal, speaking about how humans help other humans. She'll also share some of the pitfalls we can avoid as we do so. Okay, so offering help. We know so much of what doesn't work. What do you recommend? Yeah, so I recommend a few things. So first of all, recommend that you uh, have a way, right? You have a way, I have a way Mm -hmm. uh, that has been well-worn in terms of offering help. Uh, So maybe it's brainstorming, playing devil's advocate, any of these things. And it's well-worn because you've been rewarded for it. You've gotten jobs because of it, promoted for it. People talk about you favorably because you're so good at helping in this way, which makes it very tempting for us not to learn any other ways. So my first piece of advice is to recognize that there are more ways of helping than what you are currently doing. And Mm -hmm. I could certainly, you know, recommend 31 strategies. Um, And to know that when we offer help, we want to recognize what we can and can't do in terms of helping. So for example, if my uh, son is driving his car, to school one day and he calls me and is panicked about being there late because the car broke down. I am very helpful as an empathetic ear. I know how much you like being on time. That does sound frustrating. You must be you know, really upset right now. I would be the last person to help him with his car, right? I mean, I grew up in Manhattan. I didn't learn to drive until I was old. So, uh, right, so I know what I can what I can do, but I can't do. You also need to know what you are willing to do and not willing to do. Mm. And one of the things that often happens is for those of us who pride ourselves on being helpful, and that is not a bad thing, we often say yes to helping or we offer helping opportunities when we really shouldn't or don't want to Mm. for fear that it will harm our reputation. People will think we aren't a team player when in fact it ends up eating away at our own ongoing confidence around saying yes and no to things. And it eats away at our own time to help ourselves. Yes. We only have so many, so much energy in any given day. Yes. And I guess two other things to think about. Number one of the two is, and you definitely know this as a a leadership communication coach and expert, that intention does not equal impact, right? You and I know that in talking about- But it came from my heart. I really, truly wanted to help them, Mm -hmm. Which which might be all well and true. That's all well and true. And it is not enough. Your helpfulness- is judged on its impact regardless of what your intention is. And that leads to the second part, which is as much as you may wanna help, there are some people who do not need or want your help. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to try to help somebody who has made it quite clear that they don't want it, in our book, we talk about what some of the possible costs to you, to your relationship, long-term and short and long-term may be. And so go in knowingly that if you're going to help someone who clearly doesn't want your help, that it could come at a cost. It may be clear. And sometimes it's not clear that they don't want or don't need your help. And I'll just throw something out there for you, Deb. I'd love your take on this. I created something 10 years ago. It's called the six pillars of mindful communication. Mm. And pillar number two, pillar number one is, you know, understanding yourself, being yourself. Pillar number two is attuning yourself to them. 
because sometimes you think they want your help and perhaps they've utilized your help in the past. But in this particular case, you know, they're shutting down and their energy might change. So that's why it's super important, especially now in the midst of so much of what's going on to do your best to really tune in, to attune yourself to the person you're communicating with and ask yourself the question, are they shifting? Is their energy changing? Right. What am I noticing? Am I noticing that their face went blank and I've, I've just been talking more than they're ready to hear? Am I noticing that their eyes are looking towards the nearest exit? All of those things, <laughs> which is harder, right? In a virtual world, those things are harder to watch yes. somebody run for the exits. But it, but it's even more important that, that we notice that because uh, communication is ever evolving, even as we think about use of technology and, and hybrid situations. And, and one, one thing I'll just say about that, that I, I um, had written something about this yesterday uh, on LinkedIn is that some of my absolute favorite friends have been trained as coaches. And, and one of the benefits that, that people who are trained as coaches bring is that they know to ask, what kind of help are you looking for right now? right? They already know there isn't just one way to help. They know that there's a range of helpful approaches and less helpful approaches for this person in this situation. And so when I call a friend who happens to be a coach, they are nine times out of 10 going to ask me, are you looking for some coaching? Do you want me just to listen to you? Do you want me to brainstorm with you? Do you want me to share my experience or give you advice? That's already five more strategies than most people have available to them. We should put that on everybody's cell phone, right? <laughs> I'm yes, just going to stand exactly. here, be present with you and listen, and then they can press the button, which is, you know, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do nothing? Do you just want me to stand by your side? Or are you seeking some type of advice? That's great. That's right. We'll have more of Deborah Grayson Regal in her groundbreaking book, Go To Help, 31 Strategies to Offer, Ask For, and Accept Help, coming right up. It's the Inspiring Voice Podcast. Okay, uh, talk a little bit about solution aversion. Yes, solution aversion. So the idea behind solution aversion is when we are facing a challenge or dilemma or opportunity, and we start to get that sense in our gut that the way of solving it is harder, trickier, longer, more complicated than we want, we minimize the problem. So Mm -hmm. case in point, right? Uh, Case in point would be Everybody who takes a look at uh, maybe their clothes fitting a little bit differently two years into a pandemic, and they uh, think to themselves, wow, I should probably have some more salads and hit, hit the gym a little more frequently. And then they think to themselves, but I kind of like having dessert every night, and I like sleeping in, which would be my gym time. You know what? I think I'm probably healthy enough. I'm good right? That's solution aversion, which is you start to minimize the impact of the problem. And I'm not saying anybody has a problem, but you impact how big the problem is when you realize you actually don't want to engage in Would the Would you say that's because you're listening and you're realizing that the solution might need much more time, energy, and effort All those than things. you ever anticipated? And we are stretched to the max now. For sure, for sure, Um, which is why I think 
help strategy number 30, I'm not sure I have it right, but I think I have it right, is promote the pause. And this is the idea of, of choosing to stop or to not do something, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we are overwhelmed, overburdened, you know, uh, high on... Uh, high on a lot of obligations and low on reserves and resilience right now. And I was writing this chapter, my daughter and I were writing this chapter just at the time that Simone Biles decided not to compete in many of her events at the at the last she Olympics. She paused for her own mental and physical well-being. And hopefully, I know some people had criticism I want to criticize the, the critics, but I hope most of us said, wow, what a brave thing to do to recognize that you could cause yourself more harm than good by not stopping. And so deciding, hold on, let me just stop. Let me pause. Let me reflect. Let me decide to not do something. Or if you're a helper, let me help somebody think about what I could invite them to stop doing because it's actually getting in the way is a huge way of helping. But we're so driven by, we have a bias towards action and so driven by forward movement that thinking about stopping or not doing something is a help strategy we don't often consider. Now, you know, in addition to my communication work, I'm also a mindfulness teacher, right? <laughs> so I thought you were going to say you're an Olympic gymnast. I got oh, really excited, well, next but I'll one. take mindfulness. <laughs> but honest to goodness, we talk about pausing every hour. If you only have 30 seconds, we're talking about three deep breaths and just centering yourself, right? You bet, 30 seconds every hour or standing up from your desk. I think so many of us know that sitting, right, is the new smoking, yeah. you know, and if you have 60 seconds, you might want to roll your shoulders and just ask yourself, how am I feeling? Does my body feel constricted? Or does it feel expanded? And what do I need to do to try to make it feel a bit more expanded as opposed to constricted? And am I gonna take just a sec here and not beat myself up because it feels constricted? Because guess what? The majority of the world, you know, so much of the world is feeling extra, super constricted right now. And what you just said is so embedded with multiple help strategies from the book, right? So yes. taking a moment to empathize, pointing out somebody's strengths, acknowledging what is working, helping somebody highlight their blind spots, right? You don't even see what you don't see in terms of your own uh, you know, overwhelm or anxiety. Everything you just described is, is beautifully embedded with what the book talks about. And we don't think about them because they're micro, but have macro impact. Thank you. And everything you just described, I believe, has to do with helping people, right? With helping mm -hmm. others. How about, Deb, helping yourself? I believe you also had a chapter on appreciation. Yes. The importance of obviously not only appreciating the people around you, but also appreciating all of who you are. Yeah. What you That's really self-help, isn't it? Uh Yes, it is self-help and other help, because I know that if I am feeling critical of myself, it is highly likely that I will be more critical of others. Mm. Um, and so when I take time to reflect on how I'm feeling, reflect on what I'm doing, reflect on who I'm being, probably most of all, who am I being and how am I showing up for myself in this moment, it allows me to take that pause, to reflect, to make some shifts, and then I am more generous and patient with others as well. So Love it's self-help and other help as well. Mm -hmm. 
who am I being and am I being myself? Because I believe at the end of the day, if there's one thing that everybody wants, it's the ability to just be themselves. Okay, asking for help, being clear. I mean, clarity is the word that I use all the time, but being clear, Deb, and being specific in terms of what you need. Yeah, and I think probably one of the simplest strategies you can use is to let folks know exactly what you do not want right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I were calling you as my coach or let's not say coach because you would know what to do, but let's say I were calling you as my colleague or friend. And I said, I just had um, a huge challenge with a proposal that I sent in and I'm really feeling overwhelmed. Um, and I know you can help in so many ways. What I definitely do not need uh, right now is to reverse engineer what I did wrong. Like mm-hmm. I'll figure that out on my own later right now. I just need you to listen while I get it all off my chest. Could you do that for me? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so, (laughs) yes, I know that you certainly can. Good listening behaviors. So being clear about, and that means you have to check in with yourself first. Here's what I don't want right now. And I have a sense of what could be helpful. Can you do that right now? Would you be willing to do that for me right now? Okay, Deb, as we wrap up, why don't you tell me what this means to you? Because I love this line in the book. I can accept help and fully own my success. Yeah. So, so many of us believe that if I got assistance along the way, I'm sharing the success. Now, I'm a big fan of giving people credit for their help along the way, but uh, we don't need to be successful Without help, we don't need to be successful despite help. We are helpful. We are successful because of help. And I fully own my successes. And I fully own that I asked for the help that I needed. I turned down the help that I didn't. And all of that contributed to me being who I want to be personally and professionally. And your opportunity to learn all these skills is in the book. Go to help. 31 ways to offer, ask for, and accept help from Deborah Grayson Regal. Deborah, I cannot thank you enough for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Deborah has a great web address if you'd like to connect with her at DebraGraysonRegal.com. Inspiring Voice is the media outlet of iVoice Communication. The Inspiring Voice podcast is produced by Nicholas Young, music by Jeffrey Blake, and I'm Donna Rastigian Mack. iVoice Communication is a company that creates healthy human connections through effective communication. Confident speakers, successful interpersonal communicators, and our signature six-week strength and leadership communication program for women. You can find it at slcwomen.com. We'll leave you with this. It's our hope that through a little bit of quiet every day, you can hear your own inspiring voice and be your own inspiring voice so you can build a rich, rewarding life and career.